0: Hey, freelancer to CEO community. We have another amazing guest popping on the Freelancer to CEO podcast today to talk about a topic that I know I've seen come up so many times in our community. I see it with my core students. I have even had some of these questions myself. And that is around pricing our services, especially as we get ready to scale into that CEO role. That often means maybe moving away from hourly packages, maybe increasing our rates, raising our rates. And that's scary for us, right? It's so hard to make that move because we think, who will pay for these services? Am I overcharging? Am I too expensive? And that's really why I wanted to bring Belinda on the podcast today because she knows that question inside and out and she gives us some really great advice and tips on how we can work through that, maybe rework some of the thoughts that we have in our head and how to position ourselves as that expert with the value that we bring with our services and not just the price. I know you're going to love this episode because I see this question come up. Up a lot. What if my prices are too expensive? What if someone can't afford it? How am I going to find someone that can afford it? We talk about all of that and dive really deep into those questions in today's podcast episode with Belinda. So I'm going to introduce you to Belinda and then we're going to dive on into the episode. So Belinda, who is a CPA and a money strategist, founded Own Your Money and created the signature cash flow CEO program to help ambitious high-achieving women entrepreneurs grow a more strategic, profitable business so they can work less, profit more, and finally take home real money consistently. You know that's my total cup of tea. That's everything that we stand for and more over here at Freelancer to CEO. So let's go ahead and meet Belinda. desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey there, Belinda. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're going to have a great conversation. We've just spent probably about almost 30 minutes chatting off the record and we know that this is just going to be such a great conversation for everybody listening but before we dive into all the juicy questions I would just love for you to introduce yourself to my listeners who you are your business background and how you got to where you are today.
1: Oh my gosh well that could be the whole thing but let me
0: Richard. Like, <laughs> it short.
1: Um, Hi everybody it's I'm, I'm really honored to be able to be here with you today. I started this business back in 2006 seven um, before doing online business was a thing. Um, and really what I end up doing is helping people to be able to own their value and manage the money in their business, like a boss, like really like the CEO that you can be. So you can pay yourselves, you can grow a team, you can grow your revenue, you can grow your profit, and you don't have to feel like stuck. And what I find so much, so much of the time happens is that people are in this place where they're in this like under profiting success, right? They're, they're having some success. They're making some money, but they're stressed about money. Like there's just too much time in the, where's my next client going to come from? Where's my next dollar going to come from? Can I pay all my bills? Like, is this really going to work? How much do I charge? Like there's more questions than answers when they're in that phase and they're getting frustrated oftentimes because they're like well i could have a job and i could be making consistent income over there and you may have some family that are getting a little bit impatient with you right and so it's about how do you shift from that under profiting success to really step up to what i call the cash flow ceo where you're understanding and you're knowing your numbers, you have a business model that really works for you, right? And you feel confident and clear in what you're charging and in the value that you're providing. And it makes business a lot more fun. (laughs) And you really start to achieve the freedom and the flexibility that you started the business for in the first place, right? Because sometimes, and I know I found this myself, even when I had started my business, I listened to what all the gurus said. And I was like, just make more money right? Like I had, I'm a CPA and accounting background. I was like big time auditor, all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm on it. I'll go make more money. And then in my um, like second full year of business, essentially my third year in business, I grossed $155,000, which would be like amazing, right? Like a lot of people would love to get that, but I wasn't focused on profit. Like I was focused on revenue, like everybody said. And then Painful moment when I looked at my year end financials and I'm like, I netted $3,000. There are a lot of other things I could have done to net $3,000, right? And that's when I was like, something has to change. And I really took a much better look at where the money was going, you know, where the money was coming in from. And then the next year I scaled to $250,000 with a $96,000 profit right? Because I made important changes to really look at how I was making the money, but more importantly, where it was going, right? And to really own like, okay, if I'm going to have a you know, team, how do I have the team help me make more money? And right, if for many of your listeners, they are the team. So I even want you to think about, you know, with every hour I'm spending to support the CEO, how is what I'm doing helping either free them up to do more revenue-generating activities, right? Or to be a direct way to help them bring in clients, right? And I think I was just having my assistant do a lot of like updating websites. and Like at the time I had a TV show and I was on TV and radio and all that stuff. And literally every week, multiple times a week, I had her updating the website. Now between us, I thought I was, you know, all hot and all, but nobody was actually checking my website every day. Like that was just not necessary. Right. And so sometimes it's about like you as the assistant being like, how about I batch this for us? Right. And I just didn't know better. And so I, that was my like big awakening. And I realized like, uh, you know, I don't want to be an unintentional nonprofit. (laughs) That's not why I'm in business. Right. And I really got that. I could help a lot more people if I could make money because then I could continue to grow and I could continue to serve. And I wasn't going to be able to do that if I gave myself this last year to profit, you know what I mean? To be able to make this a business. So, so now I think that's why I'm just so connected to help have people really understand so that they can get unstuck and they can really achieve what they're looking for out of their business.
0: Such an interesting story. And I love what, what you're doing. And I love how you're going to help my listeners with today because I think the biggest thing, one of the biggest struggles that I see if, you know, I'm asking people, what, you know, you're looking to scale, I'm helping you get to that 5k mark, what do you feel like is your biggest struggle? And a lot of it is around this pricing piece. Either not knowing what to price themselves at or feeling like they're either underpricing or they people won't pay what they are looking for based on their experiences or is there their clients. So I would love to just kind of dive into that and, and what you have found with working with people and your experience is how do we kind of get over some of those pricing hurdles that we face as freelancers?
1: Right, and I think that that's kind of like the million dollar question a lot of times, right? Because there isn't that manual, you know, kind of like as a parent, like I'm a mom, I have a five-year-old, a seven-year-old and actually a 21-year-old stepdaughter, right? And I remember that I just wish that there was a manual, that it was like, okay, great. And there's a bazillion books, right? But I wanted like 20 pages, you know, I couldn't really bother reading all that. I just wanted like, this is what you do. And I feel like we all wish, you know, that that's how it came right? That we could just get a manual, but it's just not quite that easy. But what I will tell you is that you get to determine your prices, that this, this idea of what do you charge actually has more to do with the value that you're creating than the other person's perception of what the value is, right? Like if somebody ever says to you like, oh, that's too expensive. That is all in their eyes. And I actually view that it's your responsibility as the person providing the service to be able to articulate the value of what you're doing for them, right? And to, for them to be able to see, I'll give you a very quick and dirty example. Like, let's just say that you're coming in as a virtual assistant, you're working five hours, I'll use round numbers here, five hours a week, $20 an hour. And then in, in a week, very reasonable, right? It's like $100 a week, a month, $400 a month. So it's up to you to help show them, hey, if we free up 20 hours a month for you, like, what could you do with that 20 hours? And you want them to like their jaw to drop and be like, wow, I could do coaching calls. I could sign up more clients. I could finally do the Facebook lives I've been meaning to do, you know, and for them to see that it's not that it's not just compared to zero. Like anything compared to zero will feel like a lot of money potentially, right? Like I could spend $0 or I could spend $400. Well, then a lot of times people will tend towards zero. I totally get that. But for you to then show them, okay, actually what we're comparing it to is, you know, how much is a client for you? Okay, if you were to bring in one client a month and every client is worth $500, if you bring in one client in the month, you've more than paid for all of my assistance, all the stress I'm relieving for you. Like, you know, you're showing up for that client for a few hours and you're getting me for 20 hours to handle your inbox, to you know, and handle all of these things that are pulling you away from your zone of genius, right? And then to show them like, actually, maybe you could sign up three clients. Then you'd be making $1,500, mm-hmm. right? And so that they start to put it in perspective because I really do believe that, people will pay for what they value, but it's, is perceived value. So it's, they need to be able to perceive and understand the value that you're creating. That's why I said, it's really your responsibility to be able to articulate the value because they don't necessarily know until you give them a model, right? Until you have them understand what could be possible in that time. And you know, if you're doing more like a Pinterest or a social media, then it's more like, okay, what, you know, how many leads do we want to be bringing in every month? What are you going to do with the leads once we bring them in? And maybe, you know, they, they're thinking of this little piece, but if you have a good grasp, probably partly from your training, like in freelancer or CEO, right? You're going to show them what could be possible. If you can then help your business owner to understand, well, maybe I can also assist you to set something up so we can start to make some money from the leads, you know, or I can free you up so that then you can go design the thing to go make some money from the leads. Right. And then for them to start to realize that benefit, boom, that's when we can start to get you out of that time for dollars, even because we're able to take it up several levels. Right. We're able to really have them understand and enjoy what could come from not having the stress and not having the, oh God, I have to go do this thing now, you know, and to whether that's checking their inbox, writing back to, you know, people have contacted them. Like, I literally know, cause I, I see it more from the business owner standpoint, right. And like colleagues of mine, like sometimes they won't even want to check their inbox for leads because then it's people that they have to respond to and they stress out over emails. Like, this is real. We need your help, right, <laughs> as our assistants, you know. And, and I think that's why, like, I've been so connected to wanting to help, um, uh, you know, free, the freelancers of the world, the service providers, right, because I know that there's such a ripple effect, right? It's like you get to help the coach, and then the coach gets to help so many more people when they're not so in the weeds and stressing out over emails coming in. You know, And the other, this is, this is actually a really important part of this whole conversation. Like we, we were joking, by the way, um, <laughs> that we could have this conversation for hours because it's just so juicy and it's so important that, um, that it's so important for you to realize that the faster you can do something does not minimize the value of what you're creating. And I think that when you get caught up in the whole time for dollars thing, you get penalized if you work fast. Which is very counterintuitive, okay? Mm -hmm. And so the way I think about it, like if you're hiring me, let's say you're hiring me for a VIP session for an hour and a half, right? You're not just paying for 90 minutes of my time. You're actually getting the benefit of my $250,000 of education and my 13 years running this business. And then previous to that, a previous 12 plus years in accounting and finance, that's what I'm bringing to the table. So it's like, I'm, because of the 25 years of experience, I'm solving your problems that much faster. So if you're able to serve people in that speedy way, don't get penalized for it because you're only willing to charge 20 bucks an hour, whatever your number is. Right. So like, um, one of the things that I know, for instance, some social media managers will do, will say, you know, I'll charge X dollars for the month and I'll do this many posts, right? And this many graphics for you. And then that way the CEO wins because then they have consistent content being released. And then you win because you could probably batch the whole month in a day, (laughs) you know, or in four hours or two hours or whatever, depending on how fast you work. And so I want you to stop trying to relate. Well, but it only took me 20 minutes to do that. I don't want you to say that again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want you to start to realize that it's because you're so good at what you're doing, right? It's because this is your zone of genius. I mean, there are so many things that if I, there's some things that I just don't know how to do in the business. I'll admit it, right? Like I couldn't actually send an email from Infusionsoft. And so it's like, I have somebody on my team that knows how to do that. A few people actually, because it's important. We're a little cross-trained on things like that. But if I were to try and do it, it would probably take me an hour or two to like watch a video and figure it out. And I'd probably send it to the wrong tags. Whereas the right person can come in and do it in like 15 minutes, right? Or 20 minutes. And so it's like for you to start to realize how can you be a resource for the business owners that you really want to work for in perhaps like a routine or or some kind of way that isn't as tied to you getting penalized when you work faster.
0: Yeah. Two things you said in there that really, really stuck out to me. One being the whole thing about not being in that time for dollars thing. That's, that's where a lot of people are like, that's the whole concept behind freelancer to CEO is that's where you're at. Usually when you're the, just the freelancer, you're, you know, you have your hourly packages, you're charging hourly, you're tracking time that in itself gets exhausting. And like you said, then you're, you know, the quicker you learn something, the more efficient you are, the less time that it takes you. And then now you're not actually making the same consistent money. So that, that really stood out to me too, because that's, that's a huge thing that I am coaching and helping my girls work through. I say girls, because most of them are girls, but I'm not opposed to having any men in there. We just haven't gotten any yet. But uh-huh. the second thing that <laughs>
1: the I, occasional enlightened man, that's right. Like I need to do too.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. The second piece was that something that really stuck out to me. And it was something that I feel like I've had to work through too, is sometimes we, those things that either come easy to us or those things that they're, we're like, well, this just would take me 15 minutes to do. We tend to, instead of Like bringing that to the light and showing that that's a unique characteristic about ourselves, or that's, that's our unique selling proposition, we tend to diminish that. And we tend to be like, well, it's not that big of a deal or this is not that hard because it's easy for us. But like you said, to a business owner who it would take them a lot of time to do that or that's a huge moving piece in their business. To them, that's not only going to save them time, but what else, you know, what are the other things? And I think like that's, that was the main, you know, tying up the bow here on what you were talking about was really helping them to see that it's not just me completing this task for you. It's what does that, what completing this task does and what's that ripple effect that you talk about? What, what other things will that do for you? And I love that you mentioned that question. That's, I, I think like, if everybody's listening right now, like that's a great question to ask on a discovery call. Like if I did X, Y, and Z for you, if I took this off your plate, what would that do for you? What would that mean for you and your business? What would you be able to do? And I think that that's like, that's going to be a question, like you said, that's really going to make them think and realize, wow, like it's not just about paying for this service to get completed. It's about that like the behind value behind that.
1: Right. And I would even go at it from two fronts, right? It's what could you do with the time? And then what could the effect of that do to help you grow your business? Mm -hmm. Right. Like if we were bringing in X number of leads every month, you know, Could we fill your courses easier? Like how many more students could you get in? And what do you charge per student? And maybe talk through that with them a little bit. You'll feel a little bit weird about it at first, probably. But once you do two or three of them, then it'll be very second nature for you. Um, And if you don't, if they don't go there, this is just a good sales, like discovery call tip, little PSA. If they don't go there at first, you can lead them there, right? You can be like, so what would that do for you? You know, like, so if you were able to free up 20 more hours and, um, and then they gave you an answer that was something like, um, I don't know, I've never had that before. And I mean, they're genuine, like they're mm-hmm. answering that back, you know, don't move on to the next question. Cause you just check the box that you just asked it. Be like, well, let's think about that together. Wouldn't that be exciting? You know, and then you could go like, what are the things you're not able to do in your business right now? Because you don't have the time. No, and sometimes they might want to do a few more personal things. They might want to work out or something. You know, that's great. And that will probably help them their mental health in the process. But be like, well, if you have more time in your office, do you think that you would be able to get on more podcasts? Do you think that you would be able to sign more clients? You know, are there things on social media you're not able to do? Like you might need to ask them some probing questions and keep asking that. So, what would that do for you? You know, so if you were more relaxed, do you think you might? sign up more clients, right. And just be really curious about it. That's the context I have in discovery calls like that. It should be really curious and have them have like sort of tease it out of the person that you're working with, because until they can really feel that emotional relief of having you on board, they might not hire you, or they might want to hire you for less than you want to charge
0: mm-hmm. potentially.
1: Right. And sometimes too, um, you know, they may say, well, I have a budget of X dollars. Right. And then you'd be like, okay, well, this is what I feel like I could do for you for X dollars. And so it might be like, well, for Y dollars, you were going to do Y amount of work. And they're like, well, I can do it for X dollars. Another PSA, what you should not do is say, great. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. I could do X amount of work for Y dollars. No, not allowed. You do not have my permission to do that, right? It's instead starting to equate the value. It's a value exchange. That's what money is. Money is a tool. And so if they're able to give you less dollars right now, then you are able to do less amount of work for them. And you could set up a process like, well, what if let's try this for 90 days, you know, for three months. And then after the 90 days, we'll reevaluate and we'll see like, um, you know, Aubrey, you and I were talking a little bit in the beginning, like they want four blog posts and they want to pay, I don't know what a reasonable amount of dollars is, but there's $800 they're going to do as one of the pieces of it is for blog posts, Right. And, and all these other things, maybe that go along mm-hmm. with the blog posts, like the emails and the graphics and the, mm-hmm. all the things. Right. And it's $800. And they're like, well, actually I only have $400 be like, okay, well, let's start with two and let's see if that starts to feel good and get you what you need. And, you know, and then, in 90 days, we'll evaluate, we'll say, are you getting engagement? Are they working? What are we learning from this process? And then maybe we can start to ramp it up from there, right? So you just kind of leave the door cracked open to be able to potentially get up to what you feel like the person really wants, but you're able to meet their budget. So they're like, oh, they feel heard, they feel listened to, you know, and you get the project, you get in the door. And once you're in the CEO will probably be like, could you also do this thing for me that I need help with? And there's this other thing. Someone just asked me to do this. Can we do this? You know, and then all of a sudden now you're on the team and you become a, a resource that the CEO has been needing for a long time. And I mean, I've been in business now over 13 years. And when we find somebody that's really good, we hold on to them. Like our people stay <laughs> you know, for a while because we often will expand their hours. We'll start to automate things and then give them new things to do. Like you never want to feel like, oh, I don't want to make this more efficient because I don't have less to do. There's always more to do, you know, and part of it is you may need to bring in some of your creativity to start to make that happen, but there's always more that needs to get done. And um, I think the other thing too, to keep in mind is that if somebody says, oh, this is too expensive, right? They're coming at it with their own lens, with the glasses that they are wearing. But basically if you can imagine that like, if you're wearing glasses, if you're wearing dark colored glasses, it's gonna be shaded. If you're wearing red glasses, everything's gonna be red, right? So everything has the perspective of their eyes, right? So if they say something is expensive, they're coming from their own money story, their own limiting beliefs, their own challenges around their ability to earn. And sometimes it's connecting the dots for them to be able to see well, actually, if I do free up that time, this is how I could make that money pay off for me, right? And so guide them to really see that return on investment that they can get for the investment in you.
0: And that's, I think that's some of the biggest struggles too is like them, and I think it's even, and maybe we could talk about this too, is I think some people, they they see either industry standard or they uh, a price that they feel comfortable with. And sometimes they're even so afraid to take that next step because they're going into it thinking, oh my gosh, someone's going to think this is so expensive. Someone's right. going to think that this is, is too much. And how, do you have any tips for how we kind of, from our own perspective, how we can kind of move past that? Because we have experience and we have value to bring to the table. And it's not really in the way that I see it too, it's not really up to us to decide whether someone's going to say it's too expensive or not. Like we, we have a service to offer and we provide value and we have to lead with that. And like you said, the money is just the exchange of the value.
1: Right. So let's talk about like, what's expensive, right? So if I say to you, you know, is a thousand dollars expensive? I don't, I don't know. Is it like, what am I getting for a thousand dollars? You know what I mean? If you were going to like, handle my inbox and do all of these things and get all these posts done. I might be like, wow, that would be amazing if you could do all of that for a thousand dollars. You know, if, if you were like, I can do a blog post, it might be expensive for one blog post, for instance. Right. Or if I was like, I'm going to give you a Tesla and you're going to give me a thousand dollars. You do that all day. <laughs> right. So it's all about like, what are, what are you getting in exchange? Right. And what are they giving up and what are you getting? And so it's really getting this, this whole idea of expensive is so um, variable, right. Depending on the circumstances. And like I have, um, so I have my signature program is called the cash flow CEO. And so I guide freelancers and coaches and course creators to be able to go from that unprofitable success, under profiting success. Right. So go from that, like often struggling solopreneur to be able to grow their business Well, these CEOs end up needing assistance. So a lot of, I'm like thinking to myself, your people should join the program and then get hired by all the people. On the program. <laughs> but anyway, where I'm going with it is that for one CEO, like she's paying 50 bucks an hour for an assistant because she would rather have one go-to person that's just handling everything. Mm-hmm. Right. That is what, and, and we've, we literally took her business and Q4 alone, she grossed over hundred thousand dollars in, in contractor revenue that she was able to, most of it she brought in cause she had a nice pay full plan, but um, she's willing to pay more because she knows that when her mind, she's uh, like a, a healer. And so when her mind is caught up in the details of the project management of it all, she can't really be in her zone of genius cause she's too in the details. And so she, she pays it happily to this team of people who it's two people and they are on it for her. Like they get it done, they get it done well. She's on a retainer now with them moving forward. She has a summit coming up, like she's rocking it. And she would rather pay more to know that this person is a high quality and will get the job done. They're not gonna flake on her. They're not gonna leave her hanging. They're gonna get it done, right? And so it's like for the right person, they will pay more because they will value all of the services that you're able to provide for them. Right. And so to to get that you first need to come clean. So like the first step oftentimes in our process is to have you really own your value to have you. We have a whole module on it. Right. To really like come clean with your own beliefs about money, your own money story. And to realize what are you continually telling yourself? I think of it like the lies we tell ourselves around money. And one of them is like, I'm not worth it. I'm not enough. You know, and when you believe that, then guess what? You're going to attract people who believe that. When you believe people can't afford my services, how can I charge that? My clients are broke. They can't afford it. They don't have money to pay. Guess what? We're very powerful manifestors. You are literally going to attract in the people who validate what you believe. You know, a lot of times we hear the saying, um, uh, you know, you have I have to uh, see it to believe it. I actually, I wrote a book called Self-Worth to Net Worth with a psychotherapist and we wrote in their whole section on, no, you actually need to believe it so that you can see it. Right. Because if you believe people can't afford my services, you will continue to attract people who can't afford services. Right. If you have a, a lie that you're telling yourself, like if I charge more or if I raise my prices, then I'll lose my clients. Right or I'll have to give more and then I'll just work harder and I'll make myself more tired. And then I'm not achieving anything. Guess what? If you believe that, if you believe if I charge more, my clients are going to go, then you're going to be going to them. Like, please, I kind of want to raise my rates. Do you think that's okay? Will you stay? If I raise my rates, that's not the powerful CEO that I want you to be like, just because you're working for CEOs doesn't mean that you can't step into that CEO role for yourself, right? That's why I love that your thing is called freelancer for yes. CEO. Cause it's like, you know, I don't want you to just be this time for dollar standpoint. Instead, I want you to get that you're actually running a business and you get to be CEO of your business. Um, and so, you know, having, getting clean about your own beliefs about money and I will tell you, having done this for over 13 years, I have had to get clean of many layers of my own BS. I call I call BS our belief systems about money, but it's often the non-supported BS that we believe, right? Until someone else comes in and says, actually, that's not quite true. You know, and then you can start to realize, you know what, you're right. And it's only true, right? Like, if it's true all the time. And so if you think about any of these beliefs they're they're just things you've kept telling yourself again and again right so it can still be a lie even if you tell yourself every day 10 times a day it doesn't mean it's true right it only means it's true if it's always the case any of the things i named like people can't afford my services no nope. somebody in the world can afford your services for sure
0: mm-hmm. so is it
1: always true no you know it's all about the perspective that you are bringing and just you learning the ability to articulate your value.
0: I love that you talked about like the the mindset piece. That's our first module. I call it the foundational module in our course, but I talk about how, especially like in business, like it's it's gonna be 90% your mindset, but you know, that's your belief in yourself, like your money mindset, all that stuff too. And that's your foundation. That's like your foundation of your house. And if you think about it for however old you are, you've been hearing these same stories in your head over and over. And sometimes, you know, I, I stress so much, like do the mindset stuff, go back and do it again, you know, read the books, do the thing because it's, it's reworking a lot of this stuff that, like you said, you've been telling yourself that's mm-hmm. probably not true, but we believe it should be true because it's what's, it's been that record that's been playing on over and over in our head. And so even silly things like the, I talk about like affirmations and claiming, you know, your title, even if you're not, if you don't feel like you're there yet, like talking about yourself in the present test, like I'm a graphic designer. I am a Pinterest manager. I am this because that's, you're telling your mind to take action based on that and not the lie of, well, I would like to be it. Then you're like you said, then you're going to be going into those instances, feeling uncertain and unsure. And that's, that comes across to people. If you stand confidence, even like we're talking about, stand confidence in your pricing and know that this pricing is not, it's not, I'm not undervaluing myself. I'm not overcharging. I'm in the right place where I'm speaking to my experience and what I have to bring to the business owner. And like you said, what they're going to be able to do because of you coming in. I think that's that's really super important place. And, and a big thing that we have to remember too with pricing, it's not just about the number or the dollar value. It's about um, what we what we stand behind and what we can bring to the table.
1: Right. And so, and and you may have heard this idea of like features versus benefits, right? So it's not just saying like, okay, you know, it's this many hours or this much dollars. It's making sure that with each item that they're getting, that you're not just giving them the like quantitative side of it, like, oh, you'll get 10 hours, right? It's like, what's the, so that, and, and, you know, we talked about asking the question, but to be super clear in your communication of, and this is the benefit of that thing that I'm including right? So if you're going to be on Slack, or you're going to be on Voxer for them, right? Like, hey, I'm going to be on Voxer as a benefit to you. So that if you have something that you just want to, like, voice over to me, because you're not in front of your computer, or it's like an idea that you want to go into a blog post, boom, I'll be right there for you on Voxer. Because that in itself might not feel like a benefit. But for those of us who are like idea generating people (laughs) to know that we can just like, pick up our phone and walkie talkie for a minute and not lose that thought and to communicate it to you. And then say, and then once I get it, we can talk about, I can either keep track of it for you. I could write up a blog post for you. Right. It's like you then become this like right hand person that pretty soon they're not going to want to live without. Right. And so it's about relating that for them, you know, and to realize that once you're clear and confident in who you are, that's how you will be portrayed. I also love this piece, um, one of our students, um, he was actually um, in, our, in like my beta when I was first coming out, I did personal finance for the better part of 12 years and then made a big pivot two years ago now to um, go for and support small business owners because I was so tired of telling people who had jobs like get a raise, get a promotion, get a new job or get a side hustle. Now I'm like, you want to go buy something great. Let's go make you more money. Like I'm not the scarcity. Like you have to cut back. Like I want your money to go for good purposes in your business, but if there's something that you want to afford, great. What is it going to take to go make it happen? Like I'm very much a revenue generating machine. And so, um, so anyway, uh, so Andy Julie he actually made the pictures behind me too. Um, he has this thing in his methodology and he says, you know, if you're having trouble standing in some of the affirmations, like you just said, right? Like I'm a web designer or whatever, or I'm, I'm, um, you know, a web designer who makes over $50,000 a year. I don't know, I'm making something up. Right. You can say like, I'm allowing myself to be the website designer that makes over $50,000, right? Or I'm becoming that person, or, you know, I'm beginning to feel like that person. So the three words are like his little um, transition words almost, right? Beginning, becoming, and allowing. And I just love that because if you find sometimes that it's hard for you to just jump into this new way of being, you can use that as a way to kind of ease you there. Like, yeah, I am beginning to feel like a real web designer. And then you say that a few times and you're like, wait a second, I am a real web designer. Right. And then you're like, yeah, that's right. I am. This is so <laughs> fun. Now I get to do this, you know, and then, and once you get into it, then you're going to even start to realize like you're not just a website designer. You're actually helping, you know, create someone's online presence, like you're help, you know, and then you'll start to realize again, that's so what, and really getting to that benefit and getting to the real value of what you're creating is so important. Um, the last thing I want to talk about pricing before we wrap up here is that if you find yourself resenting your clients at all for what you're charging, it's not actually, it's not your client's fault. It's actually yours, right? Because you were the one that determined how much money you were going to take for a certain level of services. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to just check in with yourself to, to ask yourself like legit, am I resenting any of my clients for the work I'm putting in for what they're paying me back? And if that's the case, we need to clean that up because it's just not fair to your clients for you to resent them for a choice that you made, right? No one wins. They're not getting your best service. They're probably feeling it somehow underlying that you're not enjoying what you're doing. And I really want to encourage you to work through your own money stuff. If that's what we need to do together to be able to charge what's appropriate and to feel great, to feel like you're really providing a valuable service and you're getting paid appropriately for it.
0: Now, this is probably like a big, big ask, a big question, but how do we, how do we kind of do that where we're not resenting it? Like how, how do we get to that? Like I talked about too, like that sweet spot where we're not undervaluing ourselves we're not overcharging how do we how do we figure that out I mean gosh that's probably a huge question
1: <laughs> yeah I'm like that will be part two of our
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but let, let me think if I have a quick answer for it I mean
1: I, I think that sometimes especially if you're newer right or especially if we know that we need to increase your rates that sometimes it's about um getting to a dollar amount that you feel comfortable with, right? Like we just have, we actually have some virtual assistants in our cash flow CEO group. And so she was at like 30 an hour. And then, so we, we gave her more of a specialty. Like, you know, one of the things you teach in freelancer or CEO is like, instead of just being a big generalist, I'm an assistant, like to really specialize in like real estate transactions. That's what mm-hmm. her, right? And so then it's like, okay, so how can you increase the value that you can provide? So she's going to get her real estate license, for instance. She's going to learn like the full population of things you need to do from beginning to end of a real estate transaction instead of just one thing. So she's making herself more valuable, right? And she's raising her rate. So the next person is going to come in at 35, right? And then she's going to sell a few at that. She's going to see how that feels. And I'm like, and then maybe the next person you're going to ask for a percentage of deals that you're working, right? And so if you need to start out at one price that you feel good about, you sell two people at that price you have my permission to then charge more for the next two people, you know? And to, I can't remember who said this, but I thought it was awesome. It was like, if you're raising your prices and someone says, oh, that's too expensive. Be like, well, I'm sorry. You didn't find me two years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's not my fault. Like maybe you needed to search harder. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's just getting that. Like, uh, I think it's Tiffany Tolliver. She says the price is the price. Okay. And, but if you need to like, For you to make that list even, right? So before you even have a conversation with somebody else, it's like, this is the service that I provide. And this is why it's so helpful for you, right? This is why it matters. This is what it can provide. So you have to convince yourself of the value first. Sell yourself on it first so that you get so excited about it that you just want to shout it from the rooftops. And you want to be like, you're not working with me yet? Like, you need to be working with me. Right. Like you're just so confident about what you can deliver. And you may not be there yet. So let's start to work towards that. Right. It's like, well, what would that take? What kind of results would you need to be creating for you to feel that way? Oftentimes it's just it's a matter of that's why there's a whole module on own your value. Right. Like part of me thinks it could be a whole course. Because I I have done <laughs> courses on like money mindset, right? And really stepping into um, your power, that's the book, you know, on that too. And so it's really about, um, recognizing that if you step into your own confidence first, you do need to clean up your money story. So you do need to recognize, like, I would even say, just take out a piece of paper and write down a list of all of the things that you're telling yourself about money or about success that are not supporting you. Right. So is it, I'm not blank enough, you know, people won't pay it. Um, I have to work harder to make money. Like so many of us have a really strong, um, work ethic, right. And we kind of equated, Oh, if I work harder, I'll get paid more. But a lot of times we just work harder and we don't necessarily get paid more. And so it's about, actually, I find James Wedmore said this, the less I work, the more I make.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: And so it's about shifting the whole thing to say, well, wait a second because even though you're an assistant, you could potentially have an assistant. If you can hire somebody else who maybe is trying to do this, get their feet off the ground, and they might be willing to do this for a little bit less because they don't have all the expertise that you do, right? And they can do one little slice of the pie. Maybe it's video editing. Maybe it's graphics, something else, right? Then you can even make more money off of them doing the work. Like that's totally allowed too, right? But first thing I want you to do is to make up that list of, what those things are that you're telling yourself what are the behaviors that you have around money like how is it really showing up i do this exercise in module three i think it is i talk about creating your vision well you can't create your vision if you're still living in your past right so we have a whole exercise around like what was an incident that happened to you when you were younger that we now need to change the conclusion that you drew on that incident like short long story short, um, there was one person I worked with and he basically had convinced himself that women couldn't be trusted with money. His partner couldn't be trusted with money and it wasn't safe to have money in the bank. So he would just always spend it. So if you ever feel like whenever money comes in, you feel this like urgency to spend it, you might have something around safety for yourself, right. And around like what's safe to, to keep. And um, what we figured out is that his mom actually had robbed his piggy bank, right? Like had taken, he was saving up. He was, in, he was seven years old. He was saving for a bicycle and she needed money to pay rent. And so she took out the money from his piggy bank and he literally felt robbed. He, from that point on, he was not comfortable keeping money in his house. He didn't trust women with money and it affected his business. It affected all of his relationships. And it wasn't until we could trace it back. He was like, oh my God, I am still living like a seven-year-old. He's like, mm-hmm. I am... I'm 37 now. right? He's like, um, I need to grow this up. And then I said, well, what if we start to shift it? And we instead realized that you were actually helping provide for your family since you were seven years old, right? You were like the hero in your household. You, you helped your family eat and have a, you know, roof over your head early on. Right. And it was like, because of your entrepreneurship, because he was selling newspapers and doing like, back when you needed to do that and have a paper route and all those things 30 years ago. And, um, and so it just totally shifted his whole context into all of his um, interactions with money, literally like doubled his revenue in the next month. Like Stuff like that can really happen when you stop pushing away the money in your life.
0: I know we're going to have to wrap this up too, but I feel like there's definitely a a part two here because this would be something I would love to dive into because I even know for myself too, like, I feel like I'm aware of it. Have I worked through all of them? I don't know. But like thinking about those simple things, like your parents saying, like when you were younger, like, Money doesn't grow on trees, you know, like when you wanted to be when you were just a young kid and you really didn't have this huge perception of money and you know what things cost. And you just want you were a kid and want to be able to do things or get things, and your parents would say, Well, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, we can't afford that. How those things, even those small things, like oh, shift, yeah. us, you know, and shape us and right. We draw right. the
1: conclusions with the with the and our my kids are five and seven. So I'm like, oh God, I need to be so careful, you know. And then the other day, like my daughter wanted something and I was. I broke a nail polish, which is a whole crazy other story. If you ever break a nail polish, like don't pick it up with your hands. It makes a total mess. And it's probably just now coming off three days later. But anyway, um, so I was buying her one and then she wanted a second one. And I was like, if you want it, you can buy it. Like you still have some money left over from hunting. She's like, okay, I'm going to do that. And so she takes it out and she counts out her money. She's like, mommy, I'd like to buy another nail polish. And so it's like, you know, starting to realize that my, my son goes to me, well, what could I do to make some money around here? I was like, okay, now he's selling, wants to sell like rainbow loom bracelets. I'm not sure he's going to buy rainbow loom bracelets, but I'm being totally supportive, right. Of those things because we, we now, I mean, I'm 49, like, you know, I'm sure somewhere like I'm still living out my five-year-old's conclusion with her five-year-old mind, you know? And so we really have to owe it to ourselves to find a way to clean that stuff up you know, and to start to recognize it. So as a start, just list them out and start to realize what is going on. Um, follow me over at own your money on Instagram. Cause I'm going to be doing a bunch of videos in February around Valentine's day and our relationship to money. And so those videos should be up by the time this airs to be able to recognize what your relationship to money really is, right. And to get that, you have the relationship to money. You know, I, I literally, you know, I think that, that some of it is you just being willing to put yourself out there in bigger out of your comfort zone ways. And I remember on Valentine's day, one of my first few years of business, I literally stood outside in the center of Boston and offered to talk to people about their relationship to money. I was like the relationship coach for you and your money. Literally, it's like in Boston in February, freezing cold. And that's. I was like, people need this. I need to help them, right? And I want you to be so excited about what you do and so clear about the value that you're creating that you don't even blink. It's like you get to the point where you're talking about your rates and it's like pass the salt, pass the pepper. This is what I charge, right? That's the level of certainty that I want and clarity that I want you to have in this entire discussion.
0: So oh, good. Wow. This has been just such a great conversation. And like I said, we could go we could go on and on and on. But um, I know that you have you have other things that you have to do too. But I would just I wanna thank you so much for for joining us today and for sharing everything. I know this is gonna be such a powerful conversation for, for my listeners to hear and for them to, to know that it's not just the number that's attached to it. It's the value and and how to work through some of that. And I know they're going to want to learn more about you and everything that you have to offer. So can you please just tell us where we can find you? I know you talked about Instagram, but where can we learn more about you and what you have to offer? Awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much for hosting this conversation. I love this. And, you know, I find that um, this conversation isn't happening enough like it's happening in our heads, but we're not actually speaking it and and finding solutions to this. We just stay in the struggle, but the struggle is optional, right? So let's have this. And I would say um, Instagram is my like latest favorite place. So I'm at Own Your Money on Instagram. That's where you and I had even started to connect after Clubhouse, which I'm also on. And I'm at Own Your Money over there on Facebook. I'm Own Your Money and um, and feel free to DM me, like tag me if you listen to the spot, you know if you got this far, that's awesome. So um, then that's really a sign, not just for, for the quality of our conversation, but really a sign for your commitment to your business. And that's really what I want to commend you on. So take screenshots, tag us both. And I want to give them a gift um, today of this um, PDF. It's like 32 pages. We're actually going to start charging for it soon, but right now you can still get it. Um, it's called five simple ways to create consistent revenue. And so I talk about these five ways where you can really look at how are you structuring your business? How can you remarket to your clients? How can you repackage? How can you resell? How can you repurpose your services in different ways? And I talk specifically about how to get out of that time for dollars conversation, so that you're repackaging it in a way that um, is a win-win for you and for the person that you're providing service for. So um, I think they can add, they'll love that. Um, and that is at Aubrey Malik. Dot com forward slash cash flow CEO, right? We'll put that in the notes. So i'm um, you'll be able to grab that there from Aubrey and um just know that like we want you to succeed. We want you to charge appropriately so that you can continue to grow your business, so that you can get to the point where you need team, right? Where you're standing in your value because you will be an even better CEO on your own, helping other CEOs, right, when you step into this. And um no one else can do this work for you, right? Just get that. And it doesn't have to be so hard and painful. It can actually be fun and you'll be enjoying the freedom that comes with this positivity and with the relief and the release once you have the more positive approach to money.
0: Well, I appreciate you so much. And I've just loved getting to know you and chatting with you. And I know my listeners are going to feel the same way. So thank you again for coming on today and sharing all your knowledge. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Time for everyone to own
1: their money and step up as the cash flow CEO.
0: I love it. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights.